This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hey, I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And can you tell what our new hobby is? It's Boxing. Oh, I was thinking maybe monster trucks. It's monster trucks. <laughs> we, Molly and I, uh, have each for uh, for twenty twenty one. Our resolution was to learn to drive a monster truck. So we've each purchased our own monster truck. I got Bigfoot, <laughs> and Molly got Truckosaurus. What did I get? Truckosaurus. It's like a truck that breathes <laughs> fire and is kind of like a dinosaur, I think. Oh, God, this sounds so cool! I can't wait to great? ride it over some man made little hills. Yes, you got to ride it over some man-made hills. You got to ride it over some some cars and crush oh. and crush those cars. Oh yeah! Um, oh my god! I'm so excited! Monster! Like, monster! Monster! Monday! 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 Yes, that is when they have monster truck event Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Today's Monday. When oh, we're that's right. It this. is Monday. Okay. Yes. So this, like, any day, <laughs> any day is a perfect day for a monster truck rally. Like, get get like several thousand of your closest friends together. Go to this monster truck rally. <laughs> like, scream really loud. Wait. No, no what, masks allowed. What is a good day for a monster truck rally? Well, I think they're usually on Sunday, based on based on the ads and parodies of ads that I've heard. But I think oh. Monday sounds great. Like, I don't okay. want to go to work. I want to go to a monster truck rally. Yeah. I, I don't want to be here doing this podcast with you. I want to be watching today. trucks I'm crush gonna cars. I'm go drive over some other cars. <laughs> just like how we just drove over each other's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, today's episode uh, was suggested by host Matthew, and he's going to pronounce it. Oh, it's uh, Chawan Mushi. Chawan Mushi. Thank you, host Matthew, for suggesting this episode. This episode came about uh, as a response to our sweet custards episode. Yeah, speaking of that custards episode, like you kept blowing my mind on the custards episode by mentioning more and more things that are custard. And at some point I was like, cheesecake, is that really custard? And then Wife of the Show, Lori and I were were, uh, perusing Shirley Corriher's book. I think it's Shirley Courier, actually. Shirley Courier's book, Cookwise, 
which came out years ago and is kind of like a, a really fun food science book. And sh- she refers to cheesecake as a custard by any other name. Oh, my God. I love her, by the way. Yeah, isn't isn't she delightful? She is so delightful. Do you remember when she was on Alton Brown's show on the Food Network? And she I don't would, like, think I saw that. And she would pop in occasionally as this like zany guest. Yeah, I didn't ever watch very much of that show, to be honest. Wait, I have a question about her name. So I was recently listening to an episode of Home Cooking, the podcast with Samin Nosrat and Rishi Herway. Is that yes. his name? Yes. Which is no longer, actually. They they finished it. They ended oh. it. Such a bummer. But, but Wow. Is, so they, they had the guts to, to go out on top. They did. It's really admirable how they just came in and did a much better job than any of the rest of us and then just, like, left. Yep. But anyway, she was pronouncing it Cora Her. Samina oh, was. okay. Never mind then. <laughs> I have no. I've always pronounced it courier, but I've never heard anyone say it aloud until I heard Samin say it. Okay, let's go with Corher. Great. All right. Um, Thanks, Samin. So during that custard episode, you said that uh, because we were doing sweet custards, not savory custards, that it would not be the Chawan Mushi episode. And I said, fine, let's do the Chawan Mushi episode next week. <laughs> and here and we now, are. It's next week. It's Monster Truck Week and Chawan Mushi Week. <laughs> Nothing says Chawan Mushi like a monster truck rally. Well, I mean, if you drove your monster truck over a, a bowl of chawanmushi, a, a teacup full of chawanmushi, which is a, a savory steamed Japanese custard dish, it would it, you could crush it really easily because it's very soft and tender. And it could possibly, I mean, I guess it depends on how fast you're going when you drive over it, but it could maybe make kind of like a interesting sort of chunky spray. It could make an interesting chunky spray. What are your top three most interesting chunky sprays? Um, I can only think of one other. <laughs> Is it vomit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, Matthew, let's well, go down memory lane. I mean, like, remember in the 80s, like, when, when like, Pam really became popular, and then, like, uh, there was, like, spray olive oil and, like, the, the pump olive oil sprayer, like... Like it seemed like spray oil was really big for a time. Like, yeah. but then they they never moved on to the next obvious step of like spraying solids. I guess there's like like was there like an aerosol cheese? Oh well, I mean cheese whiz. But cheese whiz is just like a soft cheese in a jar. Oh no, not no. Sorry. Um. Uh. What's easy the cheese, cheese equivalent of like silly string? Um, is it easy cheese? That's easy what cheese. came to mind. Is okay. Let's say it's let's say it's easy cheese. Okay. I remember people eating that on crackers when I was a kid. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, but why didn't they have like spray ketchup? Because like the thing about ketchup is it's so hard to get out of the bottle. But what if it was a spray bottle? Oh, I'm sure someone has has attempted to aerosolize ketchup. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's that's what caused the apocalypse. I think that it was probably like Grant Ackett's at Alinea or something. Yeah, he probably you know? doesn't did. that seem right. Yeah, there's probably just like a fog of ketchup floating in that kitchen, or, or not just ketchup. There's like a fog of something. Yeah, like you you go into the kitchen at Alinea and you you don't know what kind of cloud you're going to be stepping into. That's exactly right. Um, um, I'm stalling. This because... episode is sponsored by Alinea, um, <laughs> the, the foggiest right. place on earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's a weird slogan, but it's been, it's worked for them. So I'm kind of stalling because this is this is actually a dish that I have not had that many times and don't know a whole lot about. But I did do some research. And uh, should, should we start with memory lane? Well, yes, obviously. What's your what are some of your memorable Chawan Mushis? <laughs> I've never had it. Yeah, that's what I thought. So 
I had a memorable one a couple years ago at uh, Baite Sushi on Capitol Hill, uh, which I think had matsutake mushrooms in it. It was probably during matsutake season, which mm. is the fall. And chawanmushi is re- mushrooms are probably the most common ingredient, and it's really a great way to highlight the flavor of mushrooms because it gets infused into the custard, and like mushroom and egg go so well together. That was very memorable, and I think I feel like it was maybe served. I don't think it was literally a styrofoam foam cup but it was some like very modest vessel which kind of made it that much more special mm, i love that you know i've been wanting to go to Baite. yeah i think it was maybe like a paper dixie cup it is a wonderful restaurant i'm really that's going to be one of the first places that i want to want to go to if and when they are able to reopen great i'll see you there once we are vaccinated and and stuff and ready to get down mm-hmm. A few years ago, um, I had surgery, and while I, when I was recovering from surgery, a um, friend of the show, Becky Selengat, brought over some really great stuff, including uh, chawamushi that I think was probably also made with mushrooms. And it's, uh, it, I don't think she brought exactly the one that's in her book, Shroom, but that one is made with lobster mushrooms and lobster and looks fantastic. Oh, my God. That sounds really, really incredible. Yeah. Um, I imagine that Becky makes an incredible chawanmushi. Yes, because she's a great cook and a mushroom expert. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that uh, mushrooms are such a part of this because absolutely, I mean, eggs, like I can't think of many things that go better with eggs than mushrooms, frankly. Yep. I mean, certainly like cheese, butter, whatever. But oh my God, mushrooms and eggs. And I, I love the idea of the mushroom flavor, like kind of getting all up in the whole custard. Yes, love that's that. exactly what happens. Okay, so wait, let's let's get into this because uh, I, I think we need to talk more about like what makes this particularly Japanese. Like what, what does it taste like? Okay, so chawanmushi is a savory custard in Japanese cuisine and it's closely re- related to Chinese savory custards, which tend not to be made with like a fish based broth in the way that Japanese mm-hmm. food usually is, but like it's clearly the same ancestry. Like I've had like a, a Chinese uh, custard uh, served like with a ground pork topping that was really good. But the, the Japanese one, you mix eggs with dashi, usually either a mushroom dashi or like a bonito fish mm-hmm. flake and kombu dashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, soy sauce and mirin. You you whisk that up and you strain it to to get out any any like little bits of solids that would be like you know grainy or or textural in your custard. Oh, this seems especially important. Yes, um, and like I was surprised. So I made this for the first time last night. Uh, uh-huh. Did I get everything perfect? No, but it was very tasty. And like I was surprised. I strained through a fine mesh strainer, and there was just a little tiny bit of stuff left behind. Huh? That seems so pleasing. The idea of it is because when I've made custards from other culinary traditions or like a a French custard or it's just I don't think I've ever taken this straining step. And it seems really caught. It seems like it would make a much more delicate. Yeah, I definitely like when I've made like a uh, like a chocolate cream pie, which is a type of custard pie, I think like I've strained the custard after cooking it. Yes. But this is the first time ice cream. custard. Yeah. Right. This is the first time I've strained the custard before cooking it. And like what you get is like there doesn't seem to be like any trace of like the beaten egg texture left. Nice. It's really nice. And there's just like maybe like one or two bubbles sitting on top. Uh, So then you pour that into like traditionally a teacup because chawanmushi means like steamed in a teacup. 
because oh, cha- Chawan okay. is a teacup and Wuxi okay. is steam. I used a Pyrex, couple of Pyrex bowls, mm-hmm. and you like pour the custard on top of some savory ingredients. And like the m- three most common ingredients are chicken, mushrooms of any kind, and ginkgo nuts. I did not have chicken or ginkgo nuts on hand, but I did have some cremini mushrooms, so that's what I used, along with some scallions and some little carrot flowers. So occasionally when we have been driving somewhere, (laughs) wow, that's really specific. Um, Now, sometimes when we have been like, you know, driving for an extended period of time in the car and we like stop at a Starbucks to use the bathroom, Ash has picked up what they call like a sous vide egg bite. At Starbucks? At Starbucks. Yeah, I've had those. Have you had those? Yeah. Well, so it seems like Starbucks is doing like a like an American bastardization of this idea of like a very small steamed like egg thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the texture is very different. Yes. It's because much Chow Mushi is much, yeah, is much softer and moister to use everyone's favorite word. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right. Well, and it's similarly like tiny. They're really tiny. Yes. Yes, chawanmushi is often served. It's you know it's served as an appetizer, as like a side dish to go with a bunch of other dishes that you would eat with rice. So it's usually a pretty small amount. Okay, okay. and you're often highlighting like a special ingredient. So. I love this. Okay, by the way, you know obviously I recognize that uh, chawanmushi is nothing like a Starbucks sous vide egg <laughs> bite. Uh, no, I, no, we we heard what you said. Okay. 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 Fine. All right. It's out there. It's out there. No, I can't get out of my head the image of us like stand sitting or standing at a monster truck rally with little steaming <laughs> cups of chawanmushi. I hope that they're like like beautiful like uh you know beautiful hand painted teacups. Yep. And that uh, maybe with like a little bit of gold around the rim. Mm-hmm. Oh, this I cannot wait for the monster truck rally. And then like you can you can pay extra to get your cup personally crushed by Truckosaurus. Oh my god, yes. Oh, this is great. Okay. Matthew, so wait, do you eat this hot or cold? Did you eat it hot or cold last night? We ate it hot. Every time I have had it, which is not that many times, it's been served hot, but you certainly can also serve it cold. Okay, so you put in yours, you said uh, shiitake mushrooms and those cute little carrots. Cremini mushrooms I didn't mind because that's what we had on hand. And and like I, I asked wife of the show, Lori, to order some cremini mushrooms from our, from our regular grocery order. So I would have some on hand and we got a pound of cremini mushrooms. And the amount I ended up using for two servings of chawanmushi was <laughs> two mushrooms. And that was a little too much. Oh, my God. It, was it too much because it interfered with the texture of the custard? Yes. And like, and the mushrooms didn't get steamed enough. Okay. Okay. So you didn't par cook the mushrooms. I didn't par cook the mushrooms. And like, that's not, that does not seem to be like typically something you do when making mushi, but I think it might be a good idea. Hmm. The issue is you want like all of the mushroom liquid to end up kind of flavoring the custard. So I think really you need to use like a small amount of a flavorful mushroom. Okay. Okay, wait, but you made carrot flowers and I want to talk about carrot flowers because another thing that I'm thinking of when I think of chawanmushi, because I've seen it in a number of photographs. Right. And it, it is always exquisitely beautiful, whether it's because it was steamed in some sort of vessel that has given it a nice graceful shape. Often I've seen it turned out of that vessel. 
Yeah, it gets turned out. Uh, yes, it, it's nicely turned out with diamonds around its neck. Yes. Um, no, but I feel like this is a place where you really have to beautifully slice or otherwise prepare the vegetables because they're really on display here. Yes, uh, although, I mean, yes and no. Like, you know, it depends whether company's coming over or like how much you care about impressing your family. Okay, tell me about your carrot flowers is what I'm saying. Oh, um, I had, uh, I took a carrot, I sliced it into coins, and then I took some of the coins and like just cut little notches out of them so it would look like flowers. Like, I don't think they were particularly Adorable. elegant. I love that you did that. They make like like little cookie cutters only for car- only for vegetables, and you can like cut them that way with a cutter, but I just did it freehand. Is that typical of, is it chirashi? Yeah, like a chirashi zushi. Like, okay. like that will often have those those uh, cut vegetables like cut into, into pleasant seasonal shapes. Yes. Okay. I think that's what I've seen. Another thing you will often see in chawanmushi is uh, mitsuba, which is uh, like a parsley-like herb that is, and these, uh, you take it and, and tie it in, that stems into a knot, which looks oh. really cool. Oh, so this is, is this like a fancy thing? Because when I think of seeing it in the U.S., well, Japanese food in the U.S. is, we typically think of it as being expensive. So I guess that's where I'm getting my sort of uh, coloring of this concept. But is it typically a fancy thing? So the answer is it can go from like, you would absolutely find it served at like a high-end kaiseki restaurant, but I was delighted to discover, I don't think I've ever had this, but I'm very excited to next time I'm able to go to Japan. There is convenience store Chawanmushi in Japan, and it sounds delicious. Wait, so, did you see what it comes in? Like, what, what vessel does it come in? It comes in like a little, you know, a little plastic yogurt cup. Okay. Do you think it's, so does it come cold? It comes cold, but you can optionally microwave it. Oh. My to warm it up. And I'm sure God. it microwaves really well because I'm sure they scrupulously tested it. So, for example, at 7-Eleven in Japan, their basic chawanmushi contains shiitake mushrooms, chicken, bamboo shoots, shrimp, ginkgo nuts, and kamaboko fish cake. It costs less than $2. This sounds like a perfect snack. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I then So then I went over to Lawson's website. Lawson, I think, is uh, Molly's and my both favorite mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. convenience store in Japan, partly because it's the home of Machi Cafe Coffee. Mm. Uh, Lawson is currently selling a seasonal chawanmushi with matsutake mushrooms, uh, probably no a very small amount, uh, for $1. To be fair, it's a dollar because according to the nutrition facts, it is 46 calories worth of chawanmushi, but it looks great. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> what is that? Like like a third of an egg? No, maybe half an egg? Yeah, I think it's probably about half an egg. Wow. Okay. So wait, how many yen is that? I think the Lawson one is 108 yen. Wow. Okay. So Matthew, if you were to walk into 7-Eleven or Lawson in Japan, would you microwave yours? I think I would. I mean, it would depend on the season, I think. Okay. Like okay. if it was the middle of summer, probably not. Uh, if it was this time of year, yes. Okay. And is chawanmushi, is it typical for it to have um, solids in it, like like chunks of the thing? Or is it ever fully strained and it's just this flavored custard? You know, that is a really good question. And I would love it if listeners would weigh in because I have never seen that myself, but I don't want to say that it doesn't exist. It's I usually think- it's usually like served as to like highlight some flavorful mm-hmm seasonal ingredient that is going to be both displayed like you know that you can see on the top of the custard and is contributing flavor but 
there's certainly no reason it you can't just make like a, a flavorful, you know, smooth steamed custard. When you made yours last night, what recipe did you use? Did you go to like Just One Cookbook or? Of course I went to Just One Cookbook. Yeah. I think, oh, by the way, I think uh, we're going to try and get uh, Nami from Just One Cookbook on the show sometime in the near future. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Wouldn't um, that be great? I, whenever I make dashi, I go, for some reason... Dashi is so simple to make. I, you would think I could just make it without looking up the recipe, but I always go and look up her recipe. Oh, yes. JustOneCookbook.com is the best. And there are several Chawanmushi epi- uh, episodes. There are several Chawanmushi recipes on the site, including a, an Instant Pot Chawanmushi. I just did the basic one and, and really like simplified down to just three ingredients that I added to it, mm-hmm. three uh, garnishes. And then I steamed it in my like, you know, kind of spaghetti steaming pot mm-hmm. in... Pyrex bowls covered with foil so that water wouldn't drip on top of the custard. And how did you know when the custard was done? Because this is one of those things that I think really needs to be delicate, right? Yeah. So I think it is not too easy to overcook which is good because you've added a bunch of liquid. I think that that gives it some, uh, gives you like a range of, of doneness that's okay. I checked it after 15 minutes and it still seemed like just too jiggly in the middle. Like I said, I put in too many mushrooms so it did end up a little too watery, although the, the like chunks of custard had a beautiful texture. Mm. Um, and so then like after tw- like 23 minutes, I was like, okay, the, the toothpick is coming out clean, I think. Like when I jiggle it, it doesn't seem like there's any like actual like liquid sloshing in the middle. So I'm going to call it done. And it was. Oh, this is so exciting. For some reason, you know, I think that the part of me that was skeeved out by custard textures when I was a kid. Remember, we talked about that in the savory custard or the sweet custards episode. Yeah. I think that for some reason, savory custards seemed like an even greater hurdle than sweet custards. Yeah, I I can understand that. I think I think I would have been nervous about this dish as a child. Yeah, yeah. But oh my God, like when I think about, God, how delicious it is to have scrambled eggs with with mushrooms or I just uh, and I love the idea of the dashi and soy sauce and mirin in there. It's oh yeah, fantastic. the flavor is so wonderful. It's it's subtle, mm-hmm. but not too subtle. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, when I was a kid, speaking of things that are that are uh, not too subtle, I had a monster truck like electric toy, like motorized, like a remote control. No, it wasn't truck? remote control. It was uh, it was a Bigfoot four by four toy. I was probably six or seven. Oh, you could ride in it. No, it was very small. It was like less than a foot long, and it had just like sort of a gear shift lever on top. And like if you flicked it forward, it would go forward, and if you flicked it backwards, it would go backwards. And that was it. That's all it did. Wow, that sounds awesome. It could it could roll over something if that something was very small. Well, it could roll over your teacup of chawanmushi. It could. I think it might get stymied by that, to be honest. What if I gave you, so when I was a kid, I had a little tea set. I thought that's where this might be going. (laughs) I had a little tea set that was actually (laughs) um, like ceramic. Yep. Now, uh, actually, I found it in a box when my mom moved here. And there are like three pieces of the entire tea set left because giving a ceramic tea set to a child is the dumbest idea ever. Yeah, for Uh, sure. But anyway, you could borrow one of the little teacups. 
and run your tiny monster truck over it. I think what you're saying here is that if we had a time machine and could only use it once, we would go back to like 1983 and we would get together and I would run my big foot over your tea set. This sounds sexual. It, it really does. And, and we would, like, at that moment, simultaneously discover that that is our kink. Oh! <laughs> right? Yes! Oh, but it's, uh, but uh, but now, here in the present, we're married to other people. Right. Well, but so I mean, that, is... that doesn't mean we have to enjoy it together. Oh, that's true. That's Every true. Every time. Um, and I, I think, like, part of it for me is, like, you have to, like, painstakingly steam the custard first. <laughs> oh, God, you love painstaking setup to sex. <laughs> That's right. Like it's it's all it's all in the anticipation and what is a more anticipatory food than custard? Cuz I mean like like to be real for a minute. Uh last night like I got I got started a little too late on the chawanmushi and so like when I was ready to serve the rest of dinner like it needed some more time. So I was like sitting at the table like with the timer sitting next to me like like I'm going to be getting up and t- up to check this custard. So there's this like excitement just just uh simmering within me during dinner knowing that this custard was was approaching. Wow. <laughs> okay. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. <laughs> uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do we have any listener mail this week? We sure do. This comes to us from listener Corey, who asks, can you please rank the following breakfast foods? French toast, pancakes, waffles. Important note, please rank what you consider the ne plus ultra of each dish. The very best of each that you've ever had going up against each other for the title of supreme sweet breakfast. God. So I don't know if I can really remember like a single best for all of these. Okay, I think I can. 
Okay, I'm going to begin. Yeah. So when I first read this question, listener Corey, by the way, hello, listener Corey. Hello, listener Corey. When I first read this question, I was like, oh, pancakes. I mean, pancakes are are my number one special occasion breakfast food. But then when I continued to read on, like, the very best I've ever had, that that specification from you, listener Corey, really changed things for me. And I think that the very best French toast I've ever had was made for me by my father. Surely uh, okay. th- the fact that it was the best it was, was both because it was prepared for me by someone else, because it was prepared for me by my parent and I was a child, but also because my dad's French toast was so good. Um, So I think that my father's French toast as made by my father is my absolute number one breakfast food. Boom. Okay. There we go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, second to that, I'm going to go pancakes because pancakes in general, I just prefer over waffles. So even the greatest waffle experience for me isn't going to really hold up to a pretty good pancake experience. Okay. Take it away. All right. This is really tough. The reason I'm having trouble is like there was a time in my past, not even too distant past when I would have said no question French toast is my favorite. But are you saying that that I am living in the past? I'm saying that you're living in my past and playing with my Bigfoot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound wrong at all. Um, (laughs) Um, But we got we kind of got burned out on French toast because I was making it too often. And then like got to a point where it's like like it's Sunday. Like I don't actually want French toast this week and haven't made it that often since that happened, which was maybe like eight years ago. Uh, And (laughs) so so I still love French toast, and I still make it sometimes, but I don't think I'm going to rank it number one. I think I'm going to go waffles number one. And the waffles that I have in mind, I think you've made them also, are the uh, leftover sourdough starter waffles from theperfectloaf.com. Let me make sure that I'm getting... Yes, Maurizio is the, uh, I don't know his last name. Yes. The author of that recipe. That is a fantastic waffle with not just sourdough starter, but also a lot of buttermilk. A lot of buttermilk. Yeah. So it's got a real tang to it. Yes. Oh my God. They're so good. Yeah. And they're crispy and they smell so good when they're cooking. Like you can smell like the, the the bit of funk from the buttermilk and the sourdough. This reminds me, Matthew, I don't think I've fed Sylvia in easily two months. Is she in the fridge? She's in the fridge. I mean, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Okay, this is very interesting to me. So I I think that a problem for me with French toast or particularly with my... So I don't like ordering French toast in restaurants. I feel like... I agree. It's like the bread is wrong or it's not crispy at the edge. I, I don't want it. I don't think I've ever ordered French toast in a restaurant. I've definitely ordered French toast at Denny's. I think maybe last time I I went to Denny's, I had like a French toast slam. Mm. And no, but but you're right. The French toast wasn't very good. Like it, it kind of yeah. wasn't soggy enough. Like I well, want my French toast to be kind of crispy on the outside, but yes. like nice and soggy in the middle. That's exactly right. It needs to have both of those things. Yes. So, but I, I don't tend to make French toast at home, even though I could make my dad's French toast. It's not difficult, but I don't have an exhaust fan in my kitchen. 
Or what I do have is like this old one that's built into the ceiling of my kitchen, and it literally sounds like an airplane taking off. And it but does. Is French nothing. toast a dish that produces like? Oh my smoke? god, Matthew! Well, if you make my father's French toast, which is actually cooked in about half an inch of oil, okay, yes, it makes your house smell like you've just made donuts, which okay. is. Which is a really potent smell. In fact, Matthew, like that's that's kind of your Alinea cloud. It is. It is. Uh, it's French toast um, grease particulate yep. matter. Yes, uh, I I kind of decided like back in November that I, I don't even think I want to really cook meat at home anymore because especially oh. if I cook it on the stovetop or in the oven, the smell lingers in our house for days. Yeah, I hear you. So, how's, like, how's that going so far? It's actually going okay. Um, you know, bacon isn't terrible. Actually, bacon bacon isn't terrible. That's that is our <laughs> slogan. But but God, for instance, if I make like stovetop hamburgers or something, which I love to make, our house will smell like beef fat for days. There are some workarounds in this though, like uh, for making things with like pulled chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the instant pot cuts down on the smell, yeah, and that's so true. does poaching. So, like poaching my chicken for chilaquiles, for instance, that works well. Yes. Also, I discovered this winter that you can fry shallots in the microwave. Really? Like you, you like put them in a bowl with oil or something? Yep. Yes. Yeah, you put them in, I put them in a tempered glass bowl with oil. You cook them for quite a while at first, I think maybe like even like five minutes. And then you take them out. Do you mean for getting like crispy fried shallots? Yep. Like for putting on top. Yes. Like for putting on top of some sort of Vietnamese uh, inspired salad or a, a boon type dish. Yeah, so if you, like me, uh, want to fry shallots at home but don't want your house to smell like fried shallots for an eternity, well, you could move or you could try (laughs) frying them in the microwave. Like move each time? Yeah, move each time. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I want my house to smell like fried shallots. Oh, God. You even have, you have like a lot of carpet in your house. How do you have, is your exhaust fan like really good? No, it's terrible. But when I used to come to your house, back when I used to be able to go into other people's houses, I don't remember your house ever really smelling like food or like a particular food. Whereas when you come into my house after I have, say, roasted a chicken, like Mm -hmm. it is nauseatingly it smells like like chicken fat. Do you think it's like an airflow thing? Because like our place is pretty small and has a lot of windows, so I assume that has something to do with it. Well, my place is definitely uh, you know ha- has more space than yours. I don't know. Or do you I... think you you're, you're you have like paint that that uh, retains and emits odors, and then like you didn't check the paint can when you bought it? Oh, you know, actually, it could be that I've just completely covered our walls with fabric. Uh-huh. And that I just splash oil all over the fabric while I'm cooking. God, and do you that think you, that's doing you, it? You ordered uh, a set of essential oils, um, chicken shallots. Fat, yeah, sh- well, I wonder, you know, it said schmaltz. And I thought, surely this isn't just chicken fat I'm going to burn in my oil diffuser. Right. But it was. Oh, I, for- 
I forgot an oil diffuser was even a thing. I just imagined that you like dropped the whole box in the middle of your living room and everything smashed and mixed mixed together. Uh, can you even imagine like putting a few drops of like bacon fat or chicken fat in your like oil diffuser? I I will. I'm trying to imagine that, but first I have to imagine what an oil diffuser is. Don't you remember being at Tokyo Hands with me? This was years ago. Yeah, um, and I spent a long time looking at all of the oil diffusers they sell in there, like essential oil diffusers. Because they had like a, a lot of them at Tokyo Hands. I, I, uh, they have a lot of stuff there, so I don't honestly don't remember that specifically. Okay, but fine. like, is it like a dish that that has like a flame under it, or like is it an electric? There are thing? a couple different kinds. At its simplest, it is like a dish with a flame under it. Okay, but then there are also these ones that that don't rely upon heat. That oh. are like you plug them in, they're electric. You put water in them and a few drops of the oil, and then like you know. Oh, so it's like a cool humidifier. Steam. But with flavor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Especially if you put chicken fat in it. Especially, yes. I just want to be clear that I am not actually suggesting that anyone do any of the things that I've just been joking about. Well, but I mean, I mean I, do you think we would be liable if someone did? Well. Maybe. I mean, Matthew, we are influencers. That's true. So. We're we're influencers embedded within a litigious society. And we may have just set off a firebomb of chicken of schmaltz diffusing lawsuits quick let's run over the the grease fire with a monster truck and put it out oh that would be so cool <laughs> okay like, Woo! i brought this all the if way you back called the circle. fire department and they showed up in a monster truck <laughs> and put out the fire by just rolling over it with with that uh, i wish i could think of one other monster truck name because all I've got is Bigfoot and Trachosaurus. Yeah, no, like, let's... I think there's one called, like, USA One. Not, I don't really like that. Um, Do you think there's one called, like, Air Force One? I think there, I think there is. A really? Um, a monster truck? Yeah, well, the, the problem with that one is um, Gary Oldman keeps trying to climb, climb <laughs> on board. Wait, was that and a you have, movie? And you have to push him off. <laughs> That's just a reference to the movie Air Force One, starring oh. uh, Gary Oldman and Indiana Jones. Okay, I just Googled names of monster trucks. Okay. And so now we're going to have a quiz. Oh, uh, okay. We're not going to have a quiz because these are all... <laughs> okay, this is great. Okay. These, these are the top six monster truck names uh, popular on the web according to the site Google.com. Okay. El Toro Loco, Grave yes. Digger, okay. Monster Mutt. Oh, Av yeah. Yes. Avenger. Okay. Blue Thunder. Okay. And then the sixth one just says Dalmatian and it has a photo of two Dalmatians. No way. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> yeah. So Google, you're very good at this search engine thing. I am good at this search engine thing. Wait, were mm -hmm. you talking to me specifically? Oh, I was talking to Google. Like, like you think, great work, Google. You think a dog is a monster truck, but who uh, am I to say? Oh, I get it. I get it. God. Matthew, I'm running out of steam. Okay, that's fine. We're almost done. Do you have any uh, Animal Crossing updates? I don't have any Animal Crossing updates. We haven't been playing a lot of Animal Crossing around here, but maybe I'll have some soon. Okay, have you been playing any other games? Cyberpunk 2077? Um, uh, let's see here. I learned how to... Oh, how about, uh, how about we do, instead of an Animal Crossing update... Uh, how about I talk about my latest quilt? My latest quilt. That's our new segment. <laughs> oh, 
okay, I learned how to hand stitch a quilt. Like instead of, you know, quilting, machine quilting. So like I, Betsy Ross style. Betsy Ross. She Didn't she like so, <laughs> I, I guess. She did the first American flag? Yeah, I don't know if that constitutes quilting. I feel like that was maybe embroidery. Maybe. Anyway, I have been hand quilting, so sewing together, you know, the quilt top, the batting, and the backing by hand. And it's so beautiful. And I don't say that because I'm good at it, because I'm not. Wait, could you please say those things again? The quilt top, the batting, the backing? Yes. I I feel like the the way you said that had such, like, like, rhythmic flow. Like the quilt Thank top, you. the batting, the backing. Like Thank you. Um, well, I have learned everything that I know from being a monster truck announcer. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm really bad at it. it. It's difficult. You know, you're stitching through three layers and it's difficult to get the stitch length even. I have to wear two thimbles while I do it. Um, like on the same finger? No, or? I wear one on my middle finger and one on my thumb. Okay. It's so satisfying. And even if you're bad at it, it looks really beautiful. Some of it almost looks like, you know, Sashiko mending. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Um, I don't know what mending. it is. Oh, it's a particular type of embroidery, really, um, that is used, uh, I believe it originated in Japan, and is used for mending clothing. Okay. It's really beautiful. Uh, Anyway. Sashiko, yeah. So this is really exciting, and uh, and it's really exciting, and probably (laughs) exciting to no one but me. (laughs) But anyway, I'm really enjoying it, and... Wow, I've spent- no. This is this is great. Okay, so uh, tune in next week for another installment of my latest quilt. And now it's time for the segment you've all been waiting for: cute animals you need to know. In Thailand, there's a restaurant that has a cat that likes to sleep in the middle of the floor on its back. And uh, this is, uh, you can find more information on this cat and see it in action in a, in a YouTube video that we'll link to called Lazy Cat Sleeps on Busy Restaurant Floor Refusing to Move. Okay, I'm going to look at it right now. Yeah, when you start watching this video, like you may, like me, you may feel like a little concerned, like, is this cat okay? Because it's literally <laughs> lying flat on its back in the middle of this restaurant. And then they zoom in and you see that the cat is absolutely fine. It's just lazy as fuck like every cat. Oh, God. The, <laughs> the cat really does look dead. I know. Wow, it's Matthew, fine. this cat looks... So let's be clear, it's a female cat. <laughs> uh, it's got kind of a lumpy belly. Oh my God, this cat. How can you tell yep. it's okay? So, uh, I can't tell yet. I this... can't tell if it's breathing. Oh, it's there it fine. is. It opened You'll its see. eyes. Oh my God. And does it do this often? I don't know. This is the only video of it I've seen. You can tell it's okay because it does that thing like, like uh, how dare you interrupt my nap? Like, this is my space. I love, I mean, this cat has flattened itself. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of cat videos lately. I'll try not to let this segment devolve into, like, all just a cat video of the week. I'll, I'll pick a different animal next week. Maybe a hedgehog. We'll see. Everyone um, must go watch this video. It is life-giving. It's so, it's, it's, it's like, it's seeing life goals, right? Because, like, it really it's nap is. goals. 
Well, and what I really love is that, I mean, you're right. At the beginning, you're like, oh, my God, it's a dead cat. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's an absolutely fine cat. More than fine. You can find us, like, napping this afternoon, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, And online at uh, SpillBelkPodcast.com. That's where you can find transcripts of the show. Like, I was was looking at a recent transcript because I was curious. We started calling uh, sister-in-law of the show Wendy Silots W. Uh And so I was looking at the transcript to see, like, oh, how did they... How did our transcription service transcribe this? And it said inaudible W, which oh made my me God, laugh really? very hard. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And I'm like, yeah, fair. It, it was really funny. You sent me a snippet of a recent episode, uh, you know, in the transcription. And we're maybe we're a little bit funnier in transcription. Yeah, like you can get all of this without having to listen to our voices. Please do. But please download the show because we desperately need your downloads. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Forget what I said. You can find us uh, on Reddit at our, at our unofficial Reddit discussion site, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Oh, you know what I just realized? I never ranked pancakes and French toast. Toast. But, I just but, said waffles were number one. Oh, that's right. So uh, waffles, then French toast, then pancakes. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Listen to us every Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. All right. Yeah. Episode. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com.